Welcome to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. And today on Opera for Everyone, we are going to listen to... Die Flöte. Die Flöte. That's such a fun one to say. <laughs> Better known as the Magic Flute. The Magic Flute. And that is also by uh, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Yeah. He, he, he made some good ones. He did. <laughs> I love to listen to the Mozart operas. Well, you can't go wrong with Mozart. No. Although this one is a little different from it the is. other ones. Uh, you know what they call it in German? What? A Zingspiel. A sing a sing story? Yeah. Don't but it sounds so much better in German. A Zingspiel. A the Zingspiel. Germans. I love German language. No, well, not everything sounds better in German, but but Zingspiel does. I like the words that are like 28 letters long. And they're like, yeah, that's only fun if you're looking at them from afar. <laughs> if you're actually trying to learn German, not so fun. I speak from personal experience. Do you experience. speak German? Uh, nein. Nein? <laughs> das ist nicht recht. <laughs> no, I, 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 I took a few semesters of German in college and it was completely demoralizing after the second semester. <laughs> you're like, mm, I'm going to wave the white flag on that one. Yeah, those, those multi, multi, multi piece words can just be a little overwhelming. Yeah. Except for when they're talking about, like, sausage. Well, anything delicious yes. gets an exception. Yeah, you'll, you'll, you'll deal with it. So uh, we should probably talk about okay, this Okay, let's opera. talk about opera instead of sausage. This Zingspiel. Zingspiel. It is Mozart's final opera mm-hmm. before he dies, and it is in German, as you could probably have guessed from our prior conversation. Yes. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the last one before he died. Oh, Yes. What oh, about yes. Re- Requiem is just considered uh, a, it's not an opera, it's just a... Well, it's not an opera. It's exactly. a piece. It's, it's a piece. A, it's a piece. Yes, yes. And all of this is fresh in my mind because I've recently rewatched Amadeus. Yes. The film. I tried to watch it and I couldn't get it on um, Amazon Prime or any of the streaming services. Yeah, you have to pony up. Do you? <laughs> Anywho. Okie dokie. Alrighty then. So, um, we're listening to the overture right now. And uh, just a quick mention of many things to come in this very rich piece. By the way, we will not get this talked through in the two hours that we've got. We're gonna we're gonna do a bit of it. We're uh-huh. gonna do our best. Okay. But this is a very rich opera with there's lots a of lot connections of stuff and, going on. Yeah, there's a lot. There's I a should lot. mention, and and you know when when we first started yes. opera for everyone back this summer, uh-huh. Grant. Your prior co-host, yeah, my my previous your, co-host, your, your founding co-host, the, my my one my my first member of the Wright family to yes. to be on the show. Yes. he we did the the magic flute before back before we knew how to record. Anything. I know it's it's kind of sad. That it's a shame. It's lost to the mists of because time. Because Grant is, I, I mean, do, would you call him a, a religious historian, a theological scholar? I mean, what, how yes would you characterize? Yes, yes. Yeah. He just, yeah. Yeah, I won't, I will not be going into uh, Zoroastrianism in the depth that Grant did, but it was I, we will touch on it. Mind-blowing. It's a shame that I couldn't have figured out. Anyway. Well, you know, there'll, there'll be the third time and you'll Maybe, record yeah, that. Maybe, yeah, we'll do, we'll do another <laughs> version of the well, magic. Listen, think about how many times opera companies will do this opera. Yeah. It gets, it is, it is in the repertoire. And honestly, as far as I could tell from my research, it has been in the repertoire since its Debut. premiere. But which, by the way for those of you paying attention, late 18th century, which was 1791 in Vienna. But I wanted to call our attention to something in the... Overture. Beginning notes of the overture. Mm-hmm. Although this is... what Okay, I'm stop, sorry. We have to stop and just listen to this. Okay. I'm bringing that up. Then we'll come back to it. Okay. okay. 
we just needed to listen to that because it's so good. I love Mozart. Yes, 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 and yes. And it's such a shame he died so young. Yes. So and there's, talented. There, there's discussion around that as well, the manner of his death. You, right. Right. Okay, we'll get to that in we'll a minute. We'll get to that we're, later. We're just like layering on. See what I mean? We haven't even gotten out of the overture. We're nerds. And we've got a lot to talk about. Fully, fully right, accepted. So I just wanted to talk about the very beginning of the overture. And um, if the people listening that dramatic could see music. the sound uh, bars, the sound bars the on the computer screen when no we idea. talk, it is so visual. So that the beginning of the overture opens with these three powerful chords. And I'm calling your attention to that because... One of the things that people will say about the magic flute, and really no one will argue with it too much, is that it's a Masonic allegory. Oh, a Masonic yes. referring to the, the Freemasons. The Masons, yes. Yeah, the Freemasons. And um, if you've ever seen a production of it, um, you know, different producers will play up that element of it more or less, but but it's baked in to the show. Right. To the libretto, to, I the, do mu- remember to the music. This. And I mentioned that uh, regarding the... Overture because the the three, the three boom chords, which are so visual if you look at a sound yep. schematic, they are um, believed to be representational of the three three knocks. sides. No, oh, well, the three, it's th- the three all three, of it is three. Three is you're just we're going to just mention three throughout a lot. this conversation. Like the three ladies of the Queen yeah, of the we Night. Should have, we should have had a third person in here. I mean, it's that much three. Maybe we could patch Grant in. <sighs> It's maybe beyond my production capabilities. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Maybe. We'll see. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, maybe next time. Maybe the third time. <gasps> oh. <laughs> <laughs> so this three, when they would start the initiation ritual in order to be admitted into the temple in where this is taking place, mm. three knocks on the door. And the pyramid, of course, is three. And there are all kinds of threesomes in Masonic ideology and symbolism. Mm. And it comes through in music. And Mozart himself was uh, a member of the Masons for the Mm -hmm. last seven years of his life. Um, In fact, he wrote a lot of the music that they use in their rituals. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it's it's fascinating. Do you want to talk more about the Masons now or later? I... Well, do do you want to listen again to the beginning? Just yeah, okay. To... Let's listen to our three chords. Okay, and then I'll no. and then no. you can no. yeah you can be in charge of what we. All right, so we're gonna listen to that again. That's the three knocks. That's the three knocks letting us in to this very special event, the magic flute. This is a fun opera. It's fun and just a little weird. It's really weird. <laughs> the, I mean, okay, I don't want to, I'm not going to throw in any spoilers. We'll wait until the characters appear, but man, there's some good characters in this in this opera. Oh, yeah. There really absolutely. are. Absolutely. In fact, maybe we should talk about our first character. Let's. Tamino. 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 He's a prince. He's a Javanese prince. From Java? Mm-hmm. That's in the South Pacific, isn't it? Java? 
I believe so. I was looking at an, at an atlas last night. We were talking about Kiribati and Hawaii and Fiji and all those Polynesian islands. And anyway, I digress. I think Java's fabulous. down there. Mm-hmm. Fabulous, fabulous. So he's a Javanese prince and the... Um, it's not always staged this way, but the libretto will tell us that it's set in Egypt, this show. Is that right? Yes. We just did a show that had Egyptian references. Le Danaid. Remember? Argo and Egypt. Oh, right. Right. But it, it had references too, but not It wasn't set in, in Egypt. Correct. No. I, thank you for helping Egyptus me with that. was... <laughs> oh, well done. I know. <laughs> I know. Well done. Good well done. Opera helmet so, scores everywhere. Shall we just listen to the very beginning of uh, a Tamino introducing himself? Yes. Which which is uh, help me, help me. So many operas begin with just someone needing help. Yes, and he gets the help. He, he does. Needs. All right, we're let's forward. We'll fast forward here to the next track, and we'll just have a listen to Tamino introducing himself on eighty nine one KHOL Opera for Everyone. Those are the three ladies. Yes, those are the people who answer Tamino's cry for help. And by the way, you know why he's crying for help. Because he's lost. And? And there's a serpent attacking him. Oh, there's a him. snake. Yeah, I forgot Yeah, a giant snake. serpent attacking him. And so... Um, a giant serpent? Oh, yeah. Much bigger than he is. Ugh. Yeah. That's well, that's, that's what he thinks. <laughs> help Ugh. me, help me. Gross. <laughs> and so they help him. They slay the serpent. They're and brave ladies. I think they feel they have a certain amount of power, those ladies. Right. Yes. Yes. Um, and uh, P- uh, Tamino promptly faints. Aww. Dead away. Our Poor hero. <laughs> <laughs> My hero. <laughs> and um, and the ladies, introducing another character, by the way, three ladies. Yes. Uh, carrying on our idea of three. And, knock, um, knock, knock. They become 
smitten with this handsome young prince. And they each say, oh, I'll protect him. I'll take care of him. <laughs> so they're not bothered that he's afraid of snakes and faints? He's very handsome. So it just makes up for it. It's They, they don't care. Even, you know. They're like, oh, he's cute. He's, he's, he's a nice looking young man. They're, they'd like to each, each one, in fact, argues, I'll stay with him while you go tell our mistress that this has happened. And each one says, no, I'll, 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 I'll watch him. You go. <laughs> it's kinda, I got this here. But, and P.S. He's unconscious. <laughs> yes. It's a little bit creepy, but okay. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. And so he's, he's laying there unconscious. They're arguing about it. They can't agree. And all three of them leave to go tell their mistress. Um, there they are. And so Tamino uh, does come to, and another character comes in. I love this character. Let's hear his introductory song, shall we? He's the best. Yeah, let's. So this is, do you want to say a little bit about him? Well, the name of his song in German, shall I try it? (laughs) I, yes, I would love to hear what this sounds like. Der Vogelfanger bin ich ja. I am the bird catcher. I am the bird catcher. Der Vogelfanger? I don't know. I'm Vogelfanger. Yeah, but the V is a F. Is it? Yeah. Vogelfanger. Like Volkswagen. Volkswagen. Oh, yeah. God. This is, I can already tell we're going to, there's going to be a lot of rabbit holes here. Okay. Um, do you want to introduce him by name or shall we wait? Papageno. Papageno. All right. So this is um, Papageno introducing himself on Mozart's. Die Zoberflotte, did I say that more or less correctly? The Magic Flute, uh, which we're very excited will be playing at the center in a week or so. Right, there was a, a, a Metropolitan Opera production, which is, you know, they capture. I just wish, you know, I would love it if we could access these wonderful productions, you know, other than, I mean, I, I don't mind going to the theater and paying for it but i'd love to be able to see some of the ones that i've missed yeah other ways oh gosh like the exterminating angel yes i really wanted to see that one yes i mean there's so many wonderful ones and they're they're just so beautifully done anyway papagano okay papagano. i'm a bird Here catcher who's I'm always a bird happy catcher, a bird catcher am i uh on opera for everyone on 89.1 khol Ich freue mich. 
There's Papageno for you. Papageno. Our bird catcher friend. And uh, he happily introduces himself to Tomino, who's just like, what is going on here? <laughs> but he's a happy bird catcher and everybody knows who he is. And then they, they carry on into conversation. And, and Tomino is, is a little confused. Is like, who are you? Where do you, well, where am I? And... Papageno is just, is, um, he has no way to answer that clearly. He's like, it's too complicated. I, I can't, I can't explain where I come from. Like, that's just not, it doesn't matter. I'm here. No biggie. So it's kind of, a, it is kind of a mythical land. I mean, this whole thing doesn't oh, yeah. feel re- real. And so Tamina tries again. He's like, well, what is this area called? And who rules it? And Papageno just says, I can't tell you that. Just, I, I don't know how I came into it's the world. It's kind of like I'm the Wizard here. of Oz. I, I actually just had that, that like, it does feel like Papageno is kind of like the scarecrow in the Wizard of Oz. Go on. I don't know. He's kind of, he's goofy. He's funny. He's lovable. It, he feels, you know, and in, in, when Dorothy's in Oz, doesn't she first meet the scarecrow? But does he have an employer the way Papageno has an employer? Yes, I think so. Does he? The scarecrow? Well, no, they all live there. Yeah. I don't know. Well, see, Papageno's employer is the, the woman who, in fact, rules the land. Oh, yes, that's right. The queen of the night. Well, the scarecrow is like friends with Glenda the Good Witch, isn't she? <laughs> I'm quite a little rusty on my Wizard of Oz. I'll leave that to you. <laughs> oh, interesting. Well, the next time, the third time we do uh-huh. this, let's look and see if there's any Wizard of Oz. Okay. Okay. But so anyway, we'll do that. Tamino and Papageno are like, hey, where are we? Papageno's like, I don't know. I'm a bird catcher. And and I, you know, he's like, well, don't you know who your parents are? Tamino asks him, well, I, I only know that I have a straw cottage and it protects me from the wind and the cold and the rain. So... These are very different kinds of people. Tamino's a prince concerned with governance and geography Stuff. and the bigger world. And Papageno's like, uh, I'm a bird catcher. I This is like catch birds. I, I give birds to my mistress. She gives me stuff to eat. I live in a cottage. I try to stay dry and warm. That's about it. Mm. Oh, and by the way, <laughs> yeah. I'd love to have a woman to love. Yeah. He, he would Papageno like... Papageno wants a... Partner. He wants a he wants a mate. Yes, 
He does. He does. So Propagato's a, a, a kind of a basic, earthy kind of guy. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so, so this is Tamino singing about the this business is persovern This portrait is bewitching. Oh, because the three ladies Have. show him a little uh, portrait on a chain, like a locket. Yes. Of Jeez. a lovely young woman. Let's listen to that one. This is uh, Tamino in Dizoboflote singing This business is persovention. This portrait is bewitching.
So that's Tamino, well and truly in love. I mean, this is a step Tamino. beyond love at first sight. Because he have any, He just saw her photo, a portrait of her, not a, a photo. A portrait of her. When, when was photography invented, Pat? Um, I don't have the exact date, but we do. We certainly have. It's going to be 19th century, and we have plenty of photographs. Well, don't give me that face. I don't know these things. You've seen I photographs from the Civil War period. Yeah. Yeah, probably. Yes. Yeah, yeah I have. So, I, I mean, jumbly. what that probably means, I don't know off the top of my head. I, maybe it was developed in the late century prior to that. Mm. But it's, um, we have lots of photographic evidence from the, 18... the mid-1800s. After forward. this, though, this is a portrait, not a photo. Yeah, this is going to be a portrait. Plus, they're in like mythical Oz right. slash ancient Egypt yeah. slash yeah, yeah. whatever. This is not going to be a photograph. It's not real. Um, okay, so Tamino has just uh, fallen in love with the visage of a young woman in a in a portrait. Pamina. That Pamina. Her name is Pamina. Pamina. And he was sounds suspiciously like Tamino. Uh, yeah, the first time I listened to this opera, I was so confused. All the names jum- jumbled together. Well, it's on purpose. I know. Um, okay, but so the the three ladies that Zai Dai. Eins, zwei, drei. Drei Damen. Yeah. Gave him the the portrait yeah. to to ha- have him fall in love. But I wanted to go back to Papageno's. Who's, who's suspicious, the, the, the chatterbox that he is. He's suspiciously silent. During this period, yes. Because. Mm. His mouth has been padlocked shut. <laughs> and, and why do you suppose those three ladies padlocked his mouth? Well. Because he was trying to take credit for their work, for their he, handiwork. He did take credit. He told, in the absence of the three ladies, before they come back, he tells Tamino, uh, yeah, I slew that There's a, serpent. I saved your life. I saved you, bro. Look at me. I'm a bird catcher. <laughs> yeah. So he tries to take credit for, it reminds me of a cat I used to have who would find the mice that the other cat would kill. And bring them to you? And bring them to us proudly, expecting praise. Like, I killed this mouse. <laughs> That's Papageno. <laughs> <laughs> I killed this mouse. <laughs> but he didn't. Yes. So they padlocked his mouth shut. Yes, they because went, he was telling lies. Yep. After, she, after they returned from getting the portrait of the young daughter of our next character that we're yes, going to so meet. So Pamina is the daughter of our almost introduced character the queen of the night the queen of the night and this is an amazing role this uh, queen of the night this is a, a coloratura soprano doing what coloratura sopranos oh, do some of the some of the arias that she does in this are just absolutely and i should say that this is an uh this is a production uh that was uh recorded at um St. Martin's Academy of St. Martin in the Fields uh directed by Sir Neville Mariner and the queen of the night is played by Kiri Takanawa in this Fabulous. production and she's well, sorry she oh no excuse me she plays Pamina oh she plays Pamina and Cheryl Studer plays the queen of the night which well props to Cheryl Studer she does an amazing job. Yes, yes indeed. And something interesting to to point out here. I mean there's so much that you can talk about with this show. Mm. But one of the things that I think is fun to listen for as we um meet these different characters and hear them throughout the show is the the different styles of the music 
that they sing mm-hmm. to represent them. For example, for example, they're lead motifs. Well, that would be an actual piece of music. This is I'm talking about style. Oh, but Papageno is sort of a folk tune. He's mm-hmm. a, he's an earthy, folky guy, basic guy. Well, dressed like a bird a little bit, but never mind that. <laughs> but so he's he's kind of folk. He's in the realm of folk tune ish. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, Tamino is more classical yeah. Italian. Tenor. Yeah, he's our classical Gorgeous. Italian tenor kind mm-hmm. of guy. And then the Queen of the Night is going to be that this soaring coloratura Ugh. soprano, this very ornamental, extravagant style. Yes. So let's meet her. Let's meet uh, the Queen of the Night in uh, The Magic Flute by Mozart on Opera for Everyone, 89.1 KHOL. Was ist das? Fasse dich! Es verkündet die Ankunft unserer Königin! Sie kommt! Sie kommt!
Well, those were some high notes. That was pretty. <laughs> I have to admit. I think that's just very, very impressive. I can't even imagine being able to do that. I no. mean, no. <laughs> you, I, you wonder, like, does her throat hurt after that? I think she's trained for it. Yeah, true. I, I mean, I, I'm not. An it's like asking if a downhill racer's like quads are burning after. A... Yeah, it's beside the point. Anyway, yeah, true. <laughs> we should so probably talk about what she's what saying. What was she saying? Yeah, yeah. Don't be frightened, beloved son. Son, uh, you are innocent, devout, and wise. She says. Having to Tamino laid eyes lies laid eyes on him here, but she's the queen of the night, so she knows. She knows, she knows stuff. These well, things. she had her ladies. She knows stuff. <laughs> she knows stuff. Um, she had her ladies give him this portrait of her daughter. Mm-hmm. She's trying to set up her daughter. She's trying to set up her daughter with a prince, but she's got a little bit of a story to tell. Mm-hmm. She says, "I have been doomed to suffer, and all of my happiness has disappeared since my daughter." You know, the one whose picture you just fell in love with? Yes. Since my daughter was kidnapped. She was abducted. So our our hero, who so far, quite honestly, has not behaved terribly heroically, Mm-mm. our hero is instantly intrigued. Mm-hmm. He is a prince, after all. Um, and the mother goes on, as a scoundrel abducted her, I still see her shriver. Shriver? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> shiver? That's shiver, tremble, and quiver. With no strength to resist. As I watched her being kidnapped, all she could say was, help me, help me. Well, my goodness, someone said, help me, help me earlier, didn't he? Mm -hmm. They're Um, they're like twinsies. But her pleading was all in vain because she was too, I was too weak to help her. So she's appealing to this young man to be the knight in shining armor Mm -hmm. who rescues the damsel. Uh, And he, he goes for it. After all, he's fallen in love with the portrait. Um, and she, and the and mother even says right at the very end, you you will go and rescue her, and you will, if you succeed, she will be yours forever. Seems pretty confident about that. Yeah, and then and then a bunch of thunder roars. The queen and the three ladies just disappear. Should we listen to the thundering? Um, we're good. We'll see. There's no thundering there. Well, you're just going to have to take it from my libretto that it's there. <laughs> anyway, so Tomino's now trying to have a conversation with Papageno, which goes super well because Papageno's mouth is padlocked Padlock shut. shut. <laughs> and he's, Papageno is, hmm, Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so that doesn't go too well. Um, but, and Tomino is a little sympathetic because he's become friends with Papageno. Right. And he's like, hmm. And Tamina's like, I'm so sorry, friend. I can't do anything but sympathize with you because I'm powerless to help you. Um, but the three ladies do reappear and they bring forgiveness and pardon from the Queen of the Night to Papageno. Because he's basically a good guy. He's just kind of a goofball. That That's, <laughs> there you go, in a nutshell. <laughs> and Papageno says, I'll never lie again. I'll never lie again. And the ladies are like, let this padlock be your warning. He's like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It'll be my warning. And then we get a little moral delivered to us here. If only all liars would get such a lock on their mouths, then we would have love and friendship instead of hate and slander. Wow. So you can take that one home. Put that in your pipe and smoke it, folks. Yeah. There you go. 
There you go. And Just then, carry around some padlocks. And then besides bringing uh, forgiveness to Papageno, mm-hmm. they bring a gift to give to Tamino. Any guesses what that gift would be? Uh... Think of the title of the opera. Oh, a magic flute? Indeed, a golden flute, uh-huh. which is magical. Does he know how to play it? Does that matter? It's a magical flute. Oh, it's magical. It play, yeah, it plays itself. Not a worry. Not a worry. It says, our queen has commanded us to give this to you. This magic flute will protect you in danger and support you in your deepest sorrow. With this flute, you will possess divine powers. You can reverse human suffering, convert sadness to happiness, and assure that the loveless will always be loved. Pretty cool flute, huh? I want one. I have an accordion that I don't know how to play. It's just a toy. (laughs) Is it magical? It's not magical. (laughs) I just pretend that I know how to play it. People are generally pretty impressed with that. Yeah, just, all you have to do is make a single note I know. on an accordion. Yeah. And it sounds so kind of yeah. good. And you just press yeah. different buttons. And anyway, yeah. Yeah. it's not magical, though. Anyway, okay, so then what happens, Pat? So they they give uh, Tamino this magical flute. And and Papa Gunner goes, okay, that's been fun. I'm, I'm going to leave now. And Tamino's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, where are you going? I'm your friend. I need you to be my friend. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the three ladies chime in. Well, you can leave, but the queen commands that you and Prince hurry to Sarastro's castle without delay. Sarastro. Yes, that's we've heard his name, I think, for the first time there. Um, so that's, yeah, he's the guy who has kidnapped, kidnapped the, the daughter. The daughter, Pamina. Yeah, and you remember how she described the kidnapping, so they're like, right. ooh, bad. He's a man. bad guy. Bad, Sarastro. Okay, so. Um, but And Papa Kano's like, no, no thank you. I, I heard you say he's, he's, he's really scary. mean. And I don't want to be plucked and roasted. <laughs> I don't. I don't want to go. <laughs> and the three ladies say, "Trust the prince; he'll protect you." Because he's he likes to faint when he sees snakes. He's <laughs> yeah, really they, brave. They don't mention that part. <laughs> and, and the Papagatos thinks, well, maybe the prince would risk his life, but I don't want to lose mine. Um, and he might just disappear on me when I need him. So I'm not sure. I'm I'm really happy with this. And then they bribe him just a tiny bit. And they give him a glockenspiel. They give him a glockenspiel. Is that is that it? That's a or or and I've always seen it. They say uh, or a box containing chimes. Like I've seen productions where it's like a stick with a bunch of bells. Yeah, on it. But anyway, I've it seen makes that a too. beautiful, beautiful sound. Um, but a glockenspiel. The, but the idea here is that this is his magic instrument that he can use in times of need. Okay. So then they're off on their way and they go to the yes to the place. Well, before they go, they okay. get one more bit of assistance. One more threesome. Uh, right, the three boys. The three spirits. Or it's in one cheeky explanation of this opera that I read, the three Boy Scouts. <laughs> they're kind of that way. Yeah, I do admire Boy Scouts. So well, they're, they have little... beautiful voices. So it's these three young the little... boys who are, who are three spirits they're sometimes yeah. referred to as. Um, but They're the three, guides. The three spirits, they say they'll they'll surround you and show you the way. They oftentimes in productions will um, descend from above on a cloud or in a little heavenly chariot sort of a thing. Um, but the three ladies explain, these wise boys, boys will surround you, show you the way, but you must be sure to follow their advice. And then they leave. 
Yes. Yes, and they, they, they repeat that a few times just to make sure they drive home the point. Right. Yeah, and we, we see ourselves next in, in the next scene in um, coming to the temple, coming to the palace. So before we go to the temple, to the palace, what do we need to know about what happens next? Well, we're going to be in the second scene of Act One here. And this is a room in the palace, and we f- see three slaves. Three. Mm-hmm. Three? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we see three slaves, and they're going to give a little exposition here. They're going to say, ha-ha, our tyrant, the Moor, will surely be hung or speared in the morning because Pamina escaped from right under his eyes, and nothing can save that Moor now, even if Sarastro's men would recapture her. And Monostatos comes in and he greets his slaves. And Monostatos is also a Moor. Monostatos is he's more the, king. Re- the more they're referring to. Oh, he is. Oh, okay. But he's like the head of the slaves, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's like the, the prison guard. And they're all and they're all Moors, which is a, it's a um, North African. North African. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. And in fact, a later on, uh, when Pamino encounters them, he will refer to them being black. Tamino or Pamina? <sighs> Papageno is what I meant to say. Sorry. It's so confusing. <laughs> okay, so so we are going to go to the palace. So Papageno, our bird catcher. Yes. Tamino, our prince. Um, and the, the three ladies, or no, not not with the three ladies. Well, in the, pa- in the palace, away. we first encounter the slaves, and then mm-hmm. we encounter Manastatos, right. the, the fellow who's in charge. And then the slaves go from offstage, and they bring in Pamina. She Pamina. has been recaptured. And she's the she's the woman in the portrait. Right. She's, she's the, the, the daughter of the queen of the night. And she's the one that uh, Tamino and Papageno are going to rescue. Are looking for, and they find her right away. Well, they don't. Oh, but she's introduced. She's introduced, and Papageno finds her pretty quickly. Okay, so we are going to, um, we're going to meet Pamina for the first time, and yes. also Monastados, and they're gonna yes. they're gonna have a, um, a, a I guess it's a, a trio because there's other people that are going to come in as well, Papageno and Pamina and Monastados, and this is called Du Finest Hauptchen nur Herren. Yes. Come in, you lovely little dove. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's listen to Come In, You Lovely Little Dove. And this is Monastados, Pamina, and Papageno in Die Zoberflotte by Amadeus Mozart, Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. <laughs>
That's a nice little introduction. That's no? funny. So the one thing that I wanted to um, mention about this this particular opera that was um, challenging for me when I when I did it for the first time was there there is such a clear delineation in this opera between song and recitative. Spoken. Yeah. So the arias are like arias, and then the the spoken word word part of it is just spoken there's no music underneath it which is kind of different it is different because we're accustomed to the operas where even the recitative is sung sung in a simpler way Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily an aria but that's true that's true so um yeah it's kind of a sad scene here with pamina who has just been recaptured by monostatos but no scene stays sad for very long when papageno shows up no he is he is just a little light of happiness and your worries set mm-hmm. them aside. So then what happens?
I'm so pretty. Gladly we rejoice in love and live by love alone. Well, and, and you know why she's singing to him about, about love and encouraging him along those lines? Because he's confessed his desire to her. And Just that he wants somebody to love. He wants somebody to love. Exactly. And she wants, and so and she's a sympathetic character. That's right. Right. So, so lovely soprano. They're very pretty together. They're very pretty together. Um, and they're both, I think, a little innocent, naive, the two mm-hmm. of them. Yeah. In, in a lovely way. And so who are we going to meet now? I, I just want to cue up this next track. It's going to be the introduction of our little spirit guides, isn't it? Oh, yes. Oh, we need to listen we have to these, listen? these yeah, three. This, the three. The three boys. It's the three, sweet. The it's three very youths. sweet. And then yeah. Tamino actually comes in and sings a bit with them as well. Yes. So that's Tamino. Right. Tamino's telling us, I will never forget the wisdom that these boys have taught me. Mm. And they're basically just saying like, hey, just go ahead. You do your thing. You'll find her. Well, yeah, it appears that Tamino has stuck with his guides as instructed. Papageno went rogue. Of course, he finds Pamina. Right. Meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile um, Tamino's trying to be a good boy and follow his instructions and stays with the boys but but then he looks around well where am i now what what will happen to me where, where am i this is is this a palace where the gods reside it's an impressive location he says the portals and columns show that intelligent and intelligence and art exist here and that it is a place where industry dominates and vice is non-existent. So these are some of these um, oh yeah the masons okay yeah let's get back to the masons now Okay, but before we do that, Pat, we're, we're coming up on the end of the first half of the show. 
Time flies. Time flies. So let's wrap up the first half of Opera for Everyone and 89.1 KHOL. And to go out, we'll just listen to a little bit of Tamino talking to the speaker in this strange land. Okay. You're listening to Opera for Everyone, a radio show and podcast that makes opera understandable, accessible, and enjoyable for a mainstream audience. It airs Sundays from 9 to 11 a.m. Mountain Time on 89.1 KHOL in Jackson, Wyoming. KHOL is Wyoming's only community radio station. Opera for Everyone is hosted by me, Keely Heron. And me, Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. Thank you for listening. Thanks for listening. And we hope you enjoy the second half of today's episode. Welcome back to the second half of today's episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. And today on Opera for Everyone, we are listening to... The Magic Flute. Oh, come on. Do the good. Do the German, Pat. Do the German. <laughs> Die Zauberflöte. Die Zauberflöte. <laughs> yes, The Magic Flute by Wolfgang Amadeus Mozart. Oof. So good. Yes, it is so good. It is so good. Well, it's uh, the halfway point. You know what that means, Keely. Opera helmet time. Opera helmet time. Well, this is such a... There's so much going on, there but at is the same so much time, going on, but I think plot, the plot wise, I think you can do it. Yeah. Okay. So we're in a foreign mythical land that's supposedly Egypt, and there's a young handsome prince named Tamino, who like plops down in the middle of this land. He gets attacked by a giant serpent. He gets saved by three women who are ladies in waiting of the Queen of the Night, although he doesn't know that right away, and then. 
uh, he's all scared and he faints. And then then the ladies go back to the Queen of the Night and then crazy bird catcher guy named Papageno shows up and he is sitting there when Tamino wakes up and Papageno's like, hey, I'm a bird catcher. And Tamino's like, what what happened? And he said, you, you were scared. You got you fainted because of the snake, but I saved you. And then the three ladies come back and they're like, Papageno, you didn't save him. We did. And then we're going to lock your face up with this padlock. That's right. And then they give this portrait of this beautiful young woman to Tamino. And the the woman is the Queen of the Night's daughter who has been kidnapped by Sarastro and taken to the Temple of Wisdom. And then the Queen of the Night enters and she says, hello, Tamino, I'm the Queen of the Night. You are in love with this portrait of my daughter. You should go save her. You and Papageno are going to go do that, and you'll be guided by these three spirit boys. And here's a magic flute to help you out. And Papageno also gets a gift. Oh, yeah, he gets a glockenspiel. But it's not magical. It's just a glockenspiel. Right. And I believe we've also... And then we went to the Temple of Wisdom, and like a like a dutiful servant, Tamino followed orders and, and stayed with the spirit guides. But Papageno didn't because he always goes rogue. Because he's kind of a wing nut. And uh, he actually did find... It's okay, Pat. You can laugh. <laughs> um, and then uh, Papageno found Pamina with Monastatos, who is the head slave. Uh, and all the slaves are Moors. We're from North Africa. Don't know why, but that's the scoop. And uh, Monastatos kind of likes Pamina and he was putting the moves on her and that's why she tried to escape. And then Monastatos is going to get in trouble because he lost the hostage, Pamina, but then she came back. And they then captured her. They recaptured her and then she and Papageno had a duet where they talk about how great love is because Papageno, even though he's goofy looking and probably not marriage material, there's a <laughs> lid for every pot and Papageno really wants somebody to love. And Pamina said, you'll find her. Cut to Tamino talking to the speaker in the Temple of Wisdom and he's like, you're going to find her if you ha- if your heart is pure. And that's where we left. Yes, and we also mentioned at the end of the last hour that we need to talk a oh, little about bit more the about, about the Masons. About the Masons, yes. Yes, so ma- uh, the Freemasons, mm-hmm. uh, it, they trace their roots to medieval Europe, uh-huh. but it really flourishes in the 18th century. Um, so medieval Europe is like 15, 1600s? Well, medieval Europe is, is, again, these are fuzzy dates, but it's from all of the Roman Empire in the West to the Renaissance, about a hundred years. Oh. Yeah. About fifth, about, about, about fifth century to 15th century. So quite a long time. 18th century in this age of enlightenment, Mm -hmm. which is the period that we're talking about Mm -hmm. in terms of the opera production, not the opera setting. Freemasonry is, is very powerful among a lot of the educated class Mm -hmm. men. Mm-hmm. Men. The elite. Yes. And in fact, it's not just in Europe. It, it, there, we also have some important Freemasons in America. In the States. Yeah, among, amongst our founding fathers. Even. Right. Like, well, I think Benjamin Franklin was a Mason. Indeed, he was. Uh, uh, George Washington was a Mason. Mm-hmm. Alexander Hamilton was a Mason. Paul Revere, Marquis de Lafayette, 
Mm-hmm. I mean, he does go back to France after helping out, but um, important to American history. Same thing with Baron von Steuben. Nathaniel Green is a Mason. And I can't say that I knew this before, or perhaps I should have, is that in America, uh, as it comes down to us, to modern day, the ancient order of the noble of the mystic shrine, better known as the Shriners, trace their <sighs> roots back to the Masons. Well, I knew that because today, yes, all Shriners are Masons. Not all Masons are Shriners. Ah, okay, there you go. See? Mm-hmm. Good. Any, anything else you want to add there? Uh, they wear those hats, and they drive the small cars, and they raise a lot of money for the Shriners hospitals. So this is actually, that's, that's important, because part of what the Masonic ideals include is this concept that we are responsible for our own actions, and part of our responsibility is help care of other people. So the community. Yeah. So, for example, Masons, in a time when these things don't exist, Masons found orphanages, homes for widows, and homes for the aged and infirm, people who can't care for themselves. Mm. So so these fundraisers that you allude to right, which yeah. come to mind first, but they're all for these very beneficent causes. Right. My grandfather was a Mason and my grandma was an Eastern star. And so I remember going to those events as a kid, but they were mostly just like pancake breakfasts and spaghetti dinners, and they were all fundraisers. Fundraisers for the good works that mm-hmm. they're doing. Yeah, yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. But there are ideals that the Masons will embrace and promote amongst themselves and try in society at large. I mean, you, and you see that it, knowing that some of our founding fathers are there. These are not unfamiliar ideals to us, like the idea that worth is not based on Wealth or status or who you were born to. Right. It's based on your actions and your character as mm-hmm. an individual. And your inherent worth as a human being. Right. And that and so they do believe in an equality among people, a spiritual equality among people, that people can live out their lives in different ways, which will then create equality. Hmm. And this is all kind of new thinking at this point in... Well, in an aristocratic society... Where if you're a noble, you're deemed to be favored by God. Oh, yeah, directly from God, basically. Exactly. Like God grants that power. And so you're a better, you're simply a better person by having noble blood in you. And it's not something that the Masons um, embrace. And again, these are very comfortable ideas for Americans, but these were new and novel in the 18th century. And it gets some people in hot water. In fact, people have said that this opera... Um, you can put it in the political setting of Mozart's time mm-hmm. where he casts, and this is a little bit foreshadowing how it's going to play out with our characters in the opera, but where he casts, um, they suggest, this is never made explicit during his lifetime, the Queen of the Night, who ends up, as you can kind of guess from that name, ends up being the evil woman, mm-hmm. is is meant to stand for um, Maria Theresa, who is the empress of the Holy Roman Emperor Empire. And she's very much against Freemasonry. Ah. And then her uh, her eldest son, who follows her, Joseph II, is, is a little more um, lenient towards the Freemasons. In fact, Joseph II is the king who's portrayed in Vienna during this period of time uh, that the movie Amadeus right. takes place in. Yeah. That's the emperor in question. And so he's supposed to be more like um, a little bit more benevolent, a little bit more benevolent. Yeah, exactly. Interesting. Yeah. And this idea of you're going to carry that concept through, which some people embrace and some people don't. 
then Pamina is the Austrian people, kind of at this tug of war between these various and, forces. And what does Tamina represent? Don't know. He's just going to look for her. Yeah. He's going to save the Austrian people. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's... Okay, I'm just going to get right into the story here. We'll leave the Masons behind for a minute. I have a little trouble with him as a as a heroic Hero. figure. Well, he fainted. That was how he was lost, number one, and he fainted. Yeah, he's... Does I mean, not inspire Part of confidence. what happens in this show is that he has this own personal journey where they're basically trying to make him into more of a man. Yeah. Yeah, like the boys. The boys were singing, be steadfast and patient and discreet. Well done, yeah. And that will make you a man. By the way, we can just point out one more time, that's three things. Right. Steadfast, patient, discreet, and you'll become a man. And he goes through trials. Okay, so this is uh, Tamino. He's just found out from the speaker in the Temple of Wisdom that Pamina is alive, and he is now going to play the magic flute from the gratitude of his heart to show how he's, his intentions are pure, and that will allow him to find Pamina. Um, and this is Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. And you're listening to Tamino in Mozart's The Magic Flute. Amina, 
So that was Tamino. He's walking around playing his flute, looking for Tamina. Who he loves dearly. He loves her, even though he's never met her. She's got a great picture. (sighs) She's very photogenic (laughs) or whatever. So while he's wandering around playing his magic flute looking for her. Yes. She and Papageno are also wandering around looking for him. Yes. And they come upon the temple shortly. We're, we're going to skip over the part where Pamina and Papageno are wandering around looking for him. But they're going to come to the temple of Sarastro, where all the people are inside saying, Hooray, Sarastro, long live Sarastro, blah, blah, blah. But what we wanted to mention... Yes was about why there are so many themes of of the Freemasons in this opera. Yeah, which we just spent a lot of time talking about. We we should have mentioned, of course, Mozart was a Freemason, but not only Mozart, also... The Schickinator. (laughs) Schickinator, the librettist. The guy who wrote all of the words. And also the um, originator of the role, Papageno. The originator. Schickinator was the originator. <laughs> he played the first Papageno. Did he really? He did. Oh, maybe he did. that's why the character's such a wingnut. <laughs> I can't. I I have no further information. <laughs> okay, so let's let's set this up. So they're gonna they're gonna come into the Temple of Wisdom and they are gonna listen. Uh, pa- Papageno and Pamina are gonna are gonna find um, all these folks here. Talking about Sarastro, basically. Well, yeah, I mean, we've gotten a little foreshadowing of this when he was with these, um, the speaker, these elderly priests, um, and, and where the speaker reminds him, you know, you, you're guided by death and vengeance, referring to the Queen of the Night's instructions. Uh-huh. You need to be guided by love and courage. Mm-hmm. So that's giving us an idea of some of the values that are of this place. Mm-hmm. So we're getting a little idea that, well, maybe Sarastro is not this beastly kidnapper Horrible. after all. And when we, this scene that you just described that we're about to hear... This is when we're really going to get a vision of like, wow, he's revered. He's maybe a not deeply such a bad respected guy. guy. And again, in most productions, it's full of light contrasting the Queen, the of, the Queen of the Night. Mm-hmm. So even though it feels like we're in kind of like an underworld, kind of, or something, or like an alternative universe. Right. Well, it's a it's, fantastical story. Yeah, it's a fantastical yeah. place. Um, so should we listen to that? Oh, that's. So this is called Esleve Sarastro. Well, no, I'm, wait, I'm, now I'm doing Span German. <laughs> How would you say it, Pat? Oh, let me see it. Long live Sarastro, all hail. Yeah, Esleve Sarastro. Sarastro Leba. Let's listen. Die 
<laughs> all right. Sarastro. <laughs> so all hail Sarastro. Huh? He's a, is he a baritone or a bass baritone? Uh, Sarastro is, is a bass. He's a bass. Yeah. So, um, so after Tamino witnesses all this worshipful treatment of Sarastro, um, fabulous thing happens and Pamina comes in. No, wait, she, Pamina witnessed all that and, and Tamino came in. Pamina was already there. Sorry, you're right. I know, um, it's super confusing. And oh, there's man, Papageno. Uh, yeah, just hold on to that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Pamina confesses her guilt, that she was guilty of running away, escaping. Right. But, but she she's explains, like, but I had a good reason. Yeah, I had a good reason. He was, you know. He was going to try to. Take advantage of he me. He was trying to smooch me. Yeah, and, and more. Mm-hmm. Is, Getting all handsy and whatnot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, he he. No, he's he's not portrayed as a very good man. In fact, what happens is um, ultimately Sarastro is going to uh, very severely punish him for his behavior. Very severely, meaning like, does he kill him? Whip him. Oh, okay. Yeah, doesn't kill him though. But in his conversation with Pamina, she says also, "I have a a, a daughter's duty to try to escape to re- be reunited with my mother. She's my mother after mm-hmm. all." Mm-hmm. And Sarastro has gotten no patience for this, and he says, "A haughty woman." And then this, you'll love this one, Keely. Only a man, he tells her, should guide women's hearts, because without men, without man, every woman would stray. To like. <laughs> to doing what like the dishes and the laundry and taking yeah. care of everything so there there is that message in this show you you need to know that yeah. there is the message in this show about um no the comment. women no comment. need to be guided by a man that's why sar astro felt like he had every right to cap uh capture pamina away from her mother um in fact some in some productions not in all they uh, make them former lovers. That's what I was going to say. Yeah. In some productions, he's Pamina's father, I'm sure. Yeah, I, that's never explicit. But um, but the, you could see that there's that like... Tension. That like we used to be a thing, but we're not anymore. Mm-hmm. The dividing of this, the whole into the good and the evil. Sure. Um, and at this point, Tamino still thinks he's evil. Because he's listened to the brokenhearted mother explain. Right, say my daughter's been yeah. kidnapped, you have to find her, isn't she pretty? So then we have we have Monastatos, Monastatos comes in with Tamino having grabbed him and, you know, thrown him there. And Tamino is like, oh, there she is, there she is. And does she recognize him too as being the person who's gonna save him? Save her? Um maybe. I think so, because I think she's gotten the heads up from Papageno. Oh, from Papageno, right. Yeah. Because they're in cahoots. Yeah, yeah. So they all they all basically embrace, and, like, everything's wonderful. And Monastatos is, like, furious, because, after all, he'd be the, like to be the one hugging her, not Tamino. Right. And Sarastro, um, this is when Sarastro says, Oh, yeah, I'll reward you. Sure I will. You'll get a whipping of 77 lashes. And, What's uh, 77 divided by 3? That actually could be a prime number. I'm not really a mathematician, but I don't think it... I'm Neither, sure it doesn't I'm, divide I'm evenly. a words and pictures person. Okay, okay so <laughs> we're going we're gonna to wrap up Act 1 here yes. with um, the, the chorus of all the attendants. And the chorus is, is going to underline some of those values we were talking about. When virtue and justice are humanity's ultimate ideals... 
then earth is indeed heaven, and mortal men are like gods. Seems pretty good. Let's listen to them singing about that on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOA. Listening to Die Zoberflot by Mozart on Opera for Everyone 891 KHOL, and we have just wrapped up Act One. And not a moment too soon. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. And uh, this is the, the sprint to the finish. We're going to be doing the sprint to the finish. Yeah. Super speed, Act Two. Act two in uh, 32 minutes. We can do it. We can do it. We can do it because we're in the temple of wisdom now. Oh, yeah. yes. Yeah. I do feel smarter. Okay, good. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> so what's, what's so, going on? Well, we've got... Set the stage. Sarastro is... Uh, well, you heard that very um, majestic music. Mm-hmm. The majestic, calm, under control, and dare I say wise mm-hmm. music. And Sarastro has gathered his people together and says... We are servants of the great gods, Osiris and Isis, and with a pure heart I advise you that our meeting today is the most important in our history. And what is the meeting about? They want to find out. He wants his people to decide whether or not they can submit to Mino to the tests to see if he is virtuous and worthy and can become one of their own. Really? Indeed. And... They say, yes. Is he virtuous? Yes, most virtuous. Can he maintain silence? Oh, indeed he can. Is he benevolent? So again, three, three questions. Right. Virtuous. Can he maintain silence? Is he benevolent? Hmm. And he says, oh, yes. If you believe he is worthy, then follow my examples. And they blow three times on their horns. And they... um they decide how exactly they're going to test him. What do they decide? That they're going to put him to the test. But what do they do? Does he got what is? Is it like a foot race? Does he have to spin straw into gold? Does He's going to have to follow commands, like walk five steps, turn right. I'd like you to touch your finger to your nose <laughs> and walk in a straight line. Uh huh. I'd like because, you to because there's I'd no... like you to blow into this little machine here. <laughs> not not quite that. I think we've gotten. We've gotten some hints. (laughs) Okay, meanwhile, we've got Tamino and Papagena out in the courtyard. And uh, Tamino's like, oh, Papageno, what a a horrible night this has been. Are are you still with me? 
I most certainly am, says Papageno. You know, in the movie version of this, I think Papageno would be played by Nick Nolte. Did you know there is a movie version of this? Is there? That Kenneth Branagh did. Shut up. I'm dying to see it. Does Nick Nolte play Papageno? Is he mostly drunk? (laughs) I I don't know who played whom, to tell you the truth. And like Ryan Gosling would play Tamino. Well, it's such a pop. It gets redone all the time as an opera. Why not redo it all the time as a as a film? Why not? It would be hilarious. Why not? Okay, so what's going to happen next? We got the priests. They're like, yeah, do your thing. Um, you know, put him to the test. Not sure what's going to happen. Well, uh, yeah. Well, we've got Papageno whining a little bit. Mm-hmm. I don't feel okay in this situation. This is. I have ice cold shivers running up and down my spine. And Tamino's like, shame on you, Papageno. Be a man. And Papageno answers, I wish I were a girl. <laughs> He's not really, you know, not really the tough guy, Papageno. No, no He's not like really. a cross between the scarecrow and the cowardly lion. So, so, the uh, authorities in the in the temple ask, uh, "Why? Are you, what are you asking from us? What is the reason for invading our sanctuary? Mm-hmm. And Tamino says, friendship. And love. Yeah. He says, are you prepared to sacrifice your life for friendship and love? I am, he says. And then the speaker says, well, you know, there's still time to turn back. But Tamino's motivated because he knows he needs to go through these trials to be deemed worthy, not just to join their temple, but to be deemed worthy to be allowed to be with the princess. Yeah. Whom he loves since having seen her portrait the first time. Right. Well, so he says, Wisdom will be my victory, and the lovely Pamina will be my reward. And he says, yes, but will you also fight for the love of wisdom? Um, turning to Papageno. And Papageno, of course, answers, Well, I, I, I'm not really a fighter much. I, I don't care about wisdom. Um, I'm just a son of nature who's content with sleep and food and drink. Yeah, because he's just a simple guy. But he says, but I would like to find a pretty little wife. I would like to find a pretty little wife. So are Um, we... And and he's told, well, you'll never get one if you don't submit to our trial to see if you are worthy. And he says, you've got to surrender to all all of our laws. You must surrender to them. Um, and Papageno's like, eh, well, maybe I'll just remain single. Okay, so what's the next song? Well, that's your department. But I don't know where you are in the script. <laughs> I'm like totally lost. I'm trying to find, you've got both priests and Papageno and the ladies. Where are the ladies in here? Well, I'll tell you what. The, what, the, what the priests will tell him here, and, and perhaps you want to pull up Bivart, I can't even do this. Bivart, Oikvor, Vibertuken. Bivart, Vibertuken. Yeah. In other words, your first duty is to be aware of woman's treachery. Again, carrying on that theme we introduced earlier. Man, we are so dangerous. Indeed. Because many men found themselves forsaken, led astray, and ensnared by them. In the end, man was all alone, and his faithfulness was met with scorn. He wrung his hands in vain, for pain and death were his reward. So, yeah, that's cheerful. Just, yeah, the main thing you got to do is just be careful of women. This is uh, the priest 
telling Nata Tomino in uh, The Magic Flute by Mozart. All right, so that was the three ladies singing to Tamino that he needs to just continue looking for Pamina, 
Yeah, it's interesting how they can pop in and out of this sanctuary, but they do. And then Papageno was also in there too. And and Tamino was like, I don't know what to do. And the ladies are like, you guys should speak up more. And Tamino's like, I'm not gonna. And Papageno's like, no, I'm not gonna either. And they, the ladies As are like... As part of their trial, they've been told that they must maintain a vow of silence. Oh. No eating, no drinking. Oh, and then that's why the ladies are trying to tempt them or something. Yeah. Although Papageno, as you might imagine, has a little bit of a hard time with both of these directives. Well, he has... Papageno kind of has a hard time with a lot of things. <laughs> Following the rules. <laughs> <laughs> but they're still in their three trials, and they're in the thing, and the priests are there, and Tamino's there, and Papageno's there, and the ladies are there. But then the next scene goes to Garden or something. The Queen of the Night appears. Um, so Pamina is there. There's thunder and lightning. The Queen of the Night appears. Monastados is there, and the queen is going to offer her daughter a dagger with which she must kill Sarastro. Right. So she is continuing to be motivated by vengeance, vengeance mm-hmm. and darkness, as they talked about before. Mm-hmm. So she, she's trying to defeat this, what we've now learned is this power of light and, and goodness. And she's the bad. Even if he is critical of women in general. Right. <laughs> but it was written in the 18-whenever Things have changed. Maybe a little. Let's not go there. This aria, Pat. Yes. This is what everyone's been waiting for. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everyone, all the, our, well, we're probably up to like 17 listeners now, don't you think? At last count. <gasps> Here we go. Okay, let's this just is shut her. up and listen. Yeah, this is uh, the Queen <laughs> of the Night's aria. It's amazing. Oh, no. Opera for everyone.
Wow. Yeah, wow. I could listen to that one again. What is she saying in all those uh 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 Well, then she's just saying uh 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 But the name of this song in English is Hell's Revenge is Raging in My Heart. She's not this super happy. This is when she's happy. laying down the law to Pamina. You need to take this dagger. Yeah, and you need and to you kill need him. to carry out my revenge. Okay, so we got 15 minutes left, Pat. Let's set okay. up the next aria, so, which is Sarastro. Sarastro is going to come in, and we're going to listen to this next, and he's going to say, well... Within these sacred walls, revenge and sorrow do not exist. And here he is. Revenge and sorrow do not exist. So you're listening to Sarastro singing on uh, Mozart's The Magic Flute on Opera for Everyone on 89.1 KHOL. The action continues fast and furious okay, here so as, as our, our two Zul. leading men, <laughs> such as they are, are going through their trials. Papageno, the bird man. And, and Tamino, the young prince who's in love with the daughter of the queen of the night. Mm-hmm. So... We're going to leave Sarastro there, and we've got Tamino and Papageno, who are going through this trial together. Mm-hmm. 
show up again and they have their bells and their flute returned to them because they were taken away in the beginning of the trial. And so, of course, Tomino instantly plays his magical flute mm-hmm. and he manages to see Pamina, but he can't talk to her. So that's not real fun for her. Mm-hmm. And she assumes that his silence is disinterest. Mm, no good. Heartbreaking. And she's very sad and she sings about being So she sings about, sad. I'm so sad, I'm alone, he's right. not in love with me, I must seek peace in the grave, this sucks. <laughs> and, then the, and then the priests come in. Yeah, and we're going to come up to, why don't we just go ahead and get to Pamina's song? Yeah. So that's where there's a trio with Pamina and Tamino and Sarastro. Tough times for Pamina there. She's afraid that Tamino, because he's so quiet, he doesn't really love her. But shall we turn our attention to our dear friend Papageno? Yes, because he's hilarious. Because he's adorable. And he's he's going to just make sure we know what he wants. Ein Mädchen oder Weibchen wünscht Papageno sich. <laughs> he, wants, he wants a wife. Yeah. Or a... Or a sweet young or sweetie. Yeah. Want somebody to snuggle. Yeah, let's hear him sing about that. You know what, Pat? There's a lid for every pot, even when they're goofballs, like Papageno. Well, hope if springs, you know the story. Hope he, springs eternal. He, and it, it 
He's a lucky fellow. This is Papageno on full display. So Papageno wants a wife or a sweetie or something. Yeah, I think it's going to work out okay for him. <laughs> Tamina's still running around in the wilderness looking for Pamina. Yes, he is. 
and the boys are trying to help him find her. Right. And and meanwhile, Papageno encounters this old woman who wants to help him slake his thirst. And he takes a little water from her. But she's this old woman. And he doesn't really pay much attention to her. And I only mention her, I suppose I can tell you at this point, she's going to turn out to be the one in disguise. Yeah. No good operas without a disguise. Right. Okay, so then what happens? <laughs> oh, my goodness. We've got all kinds of things, which we're going to just kind of skim over the surface yep. of here. We're just going to skim. We've got the, the three boys show up again, and, you know, we've got all kinds of things happening. And we are eventually going to see Pamina and Tamino reunited. You want to give us just a little taste yeah, of that song? that's this. Tamino mine, oh, Welchenglück. My Tamino, oh, what happiness. short just a tiny bit Tamino and Pamina are going to get their happy ending he's going to be deemed to have passed the trials and and in fact I'm going to just say the end of the opera is very majestic where they celebrate all of the um, success of getting through the trials but just prior to the end of the opera which is probably how we're going to end our show we've got Papageno and um, Papagena He's going to use his little bells, and he's going to be rewarded with his papagena. And that old woman who was kind to him before is going to turn out to be a young bird woman and the perfect match for papageno. And he sings one of my favorite songs in this opera. It's an amazing song. I love this one. All right, let's listen to this. This is just papagena. This is, what, you know, everyone's happy. Everyone uh, is in love, and everybody wins. Everybody wins. Everybody wins in the magic. And that's flute. how you know it's a comic opera. All these little marriage Yay. things happen. So yeah. happy. All right. We're, that's what we're going to go out on. This is Papagena on the Magic Flute by Mozart. And you've listened to another episode of Opera for Everyone. Everyone. One, one, one. one. Thanks for listening. Bye. <laughs> Wenn die Götter uns bedenken, wenn die Götter uns bedenken.
Thanks for listening to another episode of Opera for Everyone. I'm Keely Heron. And I'm Pat Wright. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to our podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud and like our Facebook page, Opera for Everyone, where you can also send us a message. We know that opera can be challenging. But everyone loves a good story. And a story set to music is even better. That's why our mission is to make Opera opera for for everyone. everyone.